hop. You freak. in the sports room it's a friday baby you made it to the weekend let's get the weekend start off right by us talking about the cleveland browns never thought i'd ever say those words that we're going to get the weekend started right by discussing what is the cleveland browns joined today by Derek crystal my main man we're excusing digging again today due to you know attending to family matters but uh we are here to talk about all the madness that has, that has occurred in the last Hour, hour and a half. Move over, Cleveland Cavaliers, and make way for the Cleveland Browns. Your crosstown friends, Cleveland Browns, also making all the trades today. We're going to get into that in just a second. But first, Derek, hmm. what's going on, man? Honestly, nothing. Honestly, nothing. So you're a loser. Yeah. I am a loser. How, what is going on with you? Uh, everything. So you. Uh, I've got all the things going on in my life. Okay. I'm really cool. I'm repping uh, my new jazz hoodie, City. City yeah, that's nice. So. I like I like the color scheme because it's like it's they're going for the desert. Utah-esque. They're going for the desert. You know what I mean? Like the orange and the red, very desert-like colors. But we're just as much of like a mountain state as we are a desert state, which is why we're so great. So we can rep the purple, the mountains. We can rep the red with the desert and the green and blue for who knows what. Seriously, I don't even know why we're named the Jazz. Anyway, um, so much to get to. So much has happened just overall the entire week. Not just the the Browns trades today. Obviously, those are big news, and have we're going to have a massive ripple effect on the rest of the league. What's going to happen in the draft, etc., etc. Where quarterbacks are going to go. But earlier in the week, we've got things like Richard Sherman probably getting released today. Michael Bennett getting traded. Akeem Talib got traded yesterday. Not to mention everything that's going on in the, the NBA. Um, we're going to get to all of that. But let's. I want to let's focus on what's happening right now. What's happening right now is everything that's happening with the Browns. So what we're going to do really quickly is we're going to recap all the trades that have happened. Just so if you're listening to this right now, you're not going to miss a thing. We're going to tell you everything that just happened. Um, we're going to recap it all, tell you what everything means. So I think the biggest trade that they made today, they two quarterbacks were involved in trades today, which is a pretty rare sight. Two, two guys that started games last year were involved in trades today. So the first one was that Tyrod Taylor was traded from the Bills to the Browns for a third-round pick. 65th overall, which is pretty high, but a third-round pick nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, I th- I mean, if I'm the Browns, I'd be going. Maybe they did, but I'd probably go with Kirk Cousins over Tyra Taylor. But Tyra Taylor, not bad. But we saw in the playoffs this year, not great. So they did it, definitely an improvement, but uh, I think they were just kind of showing the world their – what their mindset is moving forward, who they're going to draft. Yeah, I can't imagine they would have done this if they'd felt that they had a chance to get Kirk Cousins. I, I, I if they it's, could have signed him, they had the money, they had the cap space, sure. But that's what I mean. Is like if they had a chance at getting Kirk Cousins, I think they would have rather had him than Tyrod Taylor. Um, you're obviously getting Tyrod Taylor, Taylor at a much financially cheap way trading for him he's got a you know reasonable contract um something that you know he's not going to demand 
Kirk Cousins money, really. It's you can get away with signing Tyrod Taylor to $15 million a year, probably, instead of $26, 27000000 million a year, which is going to take to get Kirk Cousins. It's a good move for the Browns. They are walking away with Tyrod Taylor for not very much at all. And Tyrod Taylor, despite having a bad playoff game, was a, you know, did help the Bills get to the playoffs. So I think it's a solid move for the Browns all the way around. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor is a career 62% passer, which is pretty good. Um, 51 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, a career 91.2 QBR. So that's, you know, those are good numbers. And he's kind of this weird sort of statistical anomaly where you watch him play, you can make a case for him either way, that he is, yes, absolutely starting caliber, and no, he, he really isn't. He, there aren't very many players, especially quarterbacks in the league, that you can make that case for, but he is one of them. And so obviously moving to a new situation, new city, new coaching staff, um, maybe it would be good for him. Sometimes, you know, just getting a change of scenery every once in a while is good for a player to kind of reboot their career. And, you know, but poor Tyrod Taylor just can't catch a break. Moves from Buffalo to Cleveland. Although we're getting to this, I know, but the Browns have surrounded him with weapons. They have, yeah. They have so many weapons. So now, okay, so let's move into what was the next. The, this was the first one that I saw today was that the Browns acquired Jarvis Landry from the Dolphins. There was no secret that the Dolphins wanted to trade Jarvis Landry. They signed him to a franchise tender, franchise tagged him, so he's going to be making 14 something million this year probably. And then immediately traded him to the Browns in exchange for two picks, a fourth this year and a seventh next year. So I know you're not a big NFL guy fan-wise. I know you watch, but you're not a huge fan. But your team, if you were to choose, would be the Dolphins. Right. What are the Dolphins doing? I have no idea. A fourth and a seventh? That's basically nothing for a guy who's a three-time pro. He's been in the league four years, and he's been to the Pro Bowl three times. Oh. I mean, he's, he's a really, really good player. He averages about 10 yards – or uh, Excuse me, uh, 10 yards per catch. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. He's catching from Tannehill and Cutler. Right. He's not catching from. That's who he's been catching from his entire career, yeah. You know, he's got 4,000. He's been in the league four years. He's got 4,000 career receiving yards. I mean, he's a a perpetual 1,000 yards per season guy. He's scored 26 touchdowns um, in his career. I mean, that's a lot. And so. He's a very good player. He played at LSU with, with Odell Beckham, and he was the better player at LSU when he yeah. played there with, with Odell Beckham. And um, obviously big news. He's only 25 years old, a young guy. Um, at the end of this year, he's going to probably demand a larger contract, which is what he demanded from the Dolphins, and they didn't want to give it to him. Um, thus the trade. And um, at, the, uh, at the end of this year, he's going to demand, you know, 13, 14 million a year probably. And, and the Browns might give it to him. And you have now surrounded Tyrod Taylor with um, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. And now we presume that they're probably going to draft Saquon Barkley first you overall. surrounded Tyrod Taylor with those those athletes on your team. That's that's moving forward. So now the question becomes obviously I think I think that's settled. I don't think you can draw any other conclusion from this that, okay, they're going to take Saquon Barkley with the number one overall pick. He's not a quarterback. He's the best player in the draft. He's an athletic freak, um, impact player. Anytime he touches the ball, they're going to draft him first overall. Now, with the last trade of the day, the most recent one, you wonder if they might still be in the market for a quarterback, having traded Deshaun Kaiser to the Packers in exchange for Demarius Randall, the cornerback. And so you ask yourself, okay, they acquired Tyrod Taylor, who's a starting caliber quarterback in the league. I just read his stats. They're good numbers. But they also traded away Deshaun Kaiser. So that means 
their quarterback situation, as far as numbers go anyway, quantity is the same. And if they were thinking of taking a quarterback then, they might still be thinking of taking one now. It would be very brownsy to make these great trades, good trades that improve the quality of your team and then still draft a quarterback number one overall. Um, I wouldn't put it past them, but it does seem like they might still be in the market to draft a quarterback. So who's their backup, Cody Kessler? Cody Kessler would be the backup right now, I believe, yes. I mean... He's had opportunities to play and has not played at a starter's level. And but so, would you take a fourth pick of the draft and take another quarterback for future purposes, or you take somebody like Minka Fitzpatrick? Probably not with the fourth pick. I, I think now both your your first round picks are too high to spend on a quarterback when you can immediately improve your team in other areas like drafting Saquon so Barkley or Minka Fitzpatrick. Tyler Taylor is a quick fix, right? I don't think they're looking at him as like their guy 100% for the for the remainder of his career. He's a quick fix, but you surround him by these athletes, you improve your defense, you improve your offense. Do you take a quarterback at four, or do you take him, do you let that quarterback? I wouldn't be surprised at all, depending on how things play out, obviously. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to trade up to where. I assume now that the Bills are going to be in the market for a quarterback and probably looking to draft a quarterback as well. They obviously have Nathan Peterman, who in his first start threw five picks. And uh, I don't know if they're exactly brimming with confidence. Yeah, these stats, I don't, that's not very good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot about football, but I don't think that's very good. Um, and so they might still be looking to draft. They're going to be looking to draft, I bet. They might trade up and try and get someone like Josh Allen, I would, I would assume. But depending on how things play out, what quarterbacks are still available, I could see the Browns shelling out some of these second-round picks that they have, which they didn't get rid of any of them today. They could shell out some of these second-round picks, maybe future picks, to trade back into the first round and get a Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson. Because you would assume that by that point, Josh, uh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold are all going to be gone. Presumably, they're going to be the first three off the board. And so what you're left with is Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't put it past them trading up, or even if they think they can get them early in the second round, just to wait and draft one of those guys in the second round. Possibly, or they might just—they might just try to benefit their team in other areas. Which they—I mean—they went on sixteen. They need every area. <laughs> when you lose every game, there's not a single area of your team that is safe and good. So every position needs help, basically. But if you're a Browns fan, you're pumped. Not necessarily because you're making these super high-profile moves, because you're not really. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, best-case scenario, is middle-of-the-pack quarterback. Jarvis Landry is a good player, and you got him at really a, a bargain for a fourth and a seventh. That's a that's a like that's highway robbery basically to get for a three-time Pro Bowl player and, and someone as good as he is to match with Josh Gordon. Um, but if anything, you're just happy that things are happening. That that's the most frustrating thing as a sports fan. Good things, right? Positive things. That's the most frustrating thing as a sports fan when your team sucks and they're just not doing anything about it. The whole AJ McCarron fiasco. They couldn't. They didn't do anything. Right. They really they keep messing everything up, and then today the today's the day they turn it around a little bit. Is this the momentous day in the history of the Browns organization where things turn on their heel? And they, they cease to be the laughing stock of the NFL and emerge into a new glorious era of winning seven games a year instead of zero or one. I think it is. I think they're I think they're a, I think they're a five, five-win caliber team. <laughs> we tweeted it out on our uh, Twitter page, at underscore the sports room, that they went from being hot garbage to just regular garbage. There you go. Um, 
obviously a lot needs to be played out, but those are the biggest ones that happen. The, the three biggest trades that happened today. Um, we're going to get to the Michael Bennett trade in just a second, but what does all of this mean now for Kirk Cousins? Because the Browns were a potential landing spot for him. They had the money. They could have shelled out a plenty, maybe even traded picks. Um, they had the money to sign Kirk Cousins. They elected not to. I think that was probably more because Cousins is, didn't want to go there. I don't imagine why he would want to go there. But it's got to be the scenario. Kirk Cousins not going to the Browns. What does this mean? Do the Bills get in the mix for Kirk Cousins? The Bills or I would say maybe the Jets? Well, the Jets, I think he's been he's said already that he likes, I don't know if he's said this, but the reports are out that he's considering the Jets and the Vikings along with the Broncos and uh, someone else, Broncos. Cardinals maybe. There's lots of options for him. Plenty. I think the Browns was last on his list. Something to, to bring into question now is that yesterday, so another NFL trade, Akeem Tlaib, got traded to the Rams in exchange for like a fifth-round pick or something like that. I can't believe, first of all, let me just say this. I can't believe that this many, this is a great time to be in the market, in the trade market. All you got to do is trade fourth and fifth-round picks and you can get pro bowlers. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all That's all it takes. Fourth and fifth round there. picks. Fourth and a seventh for Jarvis Landry. A third rounder for a starting quarterback. A fifth rounder for one of the best corner cover corners in the league. How much did Marcus Peters go for? He was around the same like, area. Was he? he was like a fourth round pick. How old is Akeem Tlaib? Akeem Tlaib, I bet he's in his late 20s, I would imagine. I'll look it up. Um... So, obviously, Akeem Tlaib getting traded. Are the Broncos potentially clearing out space? Oh, he's 32. That's pretty old. Um, are the Broncos potentially clearing out space, cap space anyway? I believe trading Tlaib will save them something like $13 million, $11 million on their, their salary cap this year. Are they clearing out space for Kirk Cousins? Probably. Looking, at, looking around. To at least try, I would, looking I would assume. Looking around at all the quarterbacks in the league, I think Cousins might be the best fit there. And if I'm Cousins, I'd probably want to go to Denver of all those places. Maybe Minnesota. I think even Denver, though, you'd have a better you'd have you're gonna have a better running game in Denver. I think. I, I mean, everything's so questionable in Minnesota. Obviously, you've got Jarek McKinnon was back there. Dalvin Cook, the first or uh, maybe second rounder last year, hurt his knee, uh, blew out his knee this year. He'll be back, but you don't. That's a question mark there at best. And as far as wide receivers go up, I mean. You're going to have Stefan Diggs, I guess, but you saw what Peyton Manning was able to do with people like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I Maybe you think, I don't know, is, is the Denver defense what it used to be? Probably not. You know, not what it was in 2015 for sure. I don't know what they see in Paxton Lynch as well. I mean, I don't see, I don't know. I think that it's a good fit for him. Hit that or Minnesota. If I was Kirk Cousins, I'd be looking at those two places, two playoff teams. Well, Denver wasn't this year, but... Potential playoff teams rather than... Playoff caliber. Yeah. I, I mean, we're approaching quickly. March 14th is when the league year starts, which is was, was when free agency opens. And so, you know, he's going to... We're probably going to know where he's going to be playing in the next, I don't know... Couple Week? Yeah. yeah. Not very long. Finally, that'll be over. We can stop talking about Kirk Cousins. Um, also in the NFL news yesterday, Michael Bennett being traded to the Eagles. Um, that coupled with the news of Richard Sherman wanting to be released and apparently that wish has been granted today I don't know that I've seen that it's official but everyone seems to think that he's going to be getting released today or tomorrow and so what this really is signaling obviously is a time now that the Seahawks are blowing it all up especially on defense and restarting with Russell Wilson being the focal point of the team 
So, Michael Bennett trades the Eagles. Now, if you look at the Eagles, as far as the defensive line goes, so you have, obviously you've got Fletcher Cox, one of the best interior, one of the best overall defensive linemen in the game. Um, you're going to have Chris Long, who played out, was outstanding in the Super Bowl. Vinnie Curry, who was, as far as kind of QB pressures, he was one of the best in the league. And the rookie, this last year rookie, Derek Barnett, who was the all-time sack leader at the University of Tennessee, breaking a record that was held by Reggie White. And then obviously Brandon Graham, who forced the fumble on Tom Brady in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter. So they're going to have, that just added, Michael Bennett, at the end of his career, granted, but a good player nonetheless. And now he's, you know, just joined the best team in the league. And rumor has it that the Eagles have full-size shoulder pads for Michael Bennett. <laughs> but he won't wear them. Instead of his tank top that he wears in Seattle. So that should be good. No, that's a, that's a big move for Seattle. I know he's, I know he's getting up there, but he's, he's a great player in the defense. I don't like him, but he's good. So now what we're seeing is that Michael Bennett's gone. Um, Richard Sherman getting released. I'm hearing that Cliff Aver will probably be on the move as well. Um, remember at the, it, during last season after the Seahawks played the Cowboys, Earl Thomas chased down Jason Garrett and told him that he wanted to come play for the Cowboys. Yeah, and, and so cover that. Sure, and so that seems to be that he's on his way out. Um, from what I'm hearing, Jimmy, Jim, I've seen Jimmy Graham's not going to return. Um, and so it just looks like this just completely blown it up in Seattle. The only piece that seems to be locked to stay is Russell Wilson. And they're going to, throughout this, the next, you know, three-ish years of Russell Wilson's career, which is going to be Pro Bowl years, he's going to be on a bad team. And I feel awful for him. But he's also playing baseball, so we all come Maybe he should just, like, play baseball. You know what I mean? Quit hey, football now. Go try and win a world. He's got a Super Bowl. Wilson, of all the times to do it, it's probably going to be now. <laughs> what if he? What if he just dropped that bombshell tomorrow? Told Pete Carroll, "Look, I'm going to play the season with the Yankees." I don't know if his numbers are even good enough so to play in the majors. What's mindset here? Rebuild mode. You gotta be. I feel like they were still a solid team. They were still good, I guess. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, did they? They didn't make the playoffs. No. Um, they went to two Super Bowls, but look, windows in the NFL when you're competitive and can win, it's small. It's a small window. You, It's four or five years. I mean, you can't really look at the Patriots. They're such a aberration. Like, they are just so out of the normal that, you know, you can't really compare anything to them. But if you look at teams in the last, you know, 20 years, that's how it goes. You have three or four or five maybe years where you can be at peak play and have a chance to win some Super Bowls, and after that, everyone wants to get paid, and you can't do it. That's what happened to the Seahawks. They had Russell Wilson on a rookie contract. They had to, they want to sign him. They had signed him to a big deal. Richard Sherman was once the, the highest-paid corner in the league. All the linebackers want to get paid. All the defensive line want to get paid. You have to trade a bunch of people away. That's just what happens. You just can't. You literally, with salary cap restrictions, can't keep everybody. So a lot of rumors about where Richard Sherman can go. I hear, I hear uh, the Chargers are a big option for him because that's where he's from. Uh, I heard the Falcons. I heard another team. I can't remember. Falcons would be good. That'd be yeah to reunite with Dan Quinn there. That'd be a good move for him. But people think that this is a. This is, granted, Richard Sherman posted this on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, but he posted his stats saying that people kind of question whether he's still good. And since 2011, which seven years ago, so. Mm -hmm. But since 2011, he's first in interceptions, passes defended, completion percentage allowed, and passer rating allowed with a minimum of 300 targets. Look, Richard, there was a time in your career when you were the best corner in the league. Okay? You haven't done anything the last two years. 
Probably. Since since the day that Richard Wilson ranted about Michael Crabtree on TV, he is, hasn't done anything of, of note. And now you're, you know, he's what, 20, probably eight, older than that, probably, coming off double Achilles injuries. Uh, look, don't blame, you can't blame anybody, anybody, any GM coach for doubting his abilities now. You're old. I don't know if you're washed up per se, but you're coming off two very serious injuries. And if I was a coach, I would have doubts about it. I'm not, I'm not signing him to a 11, 10, uh, 10, 11, 12 million dollar a year contract like he's on right now. I'm not taking that risk. If that's what he's demanding, then see ya. Go sign with somebody else who's willing to spend that kind of money, not only on a corner, but on a corner who's in his 30s who just is coming off double Achilles surgeries. That's just not a good investment. The other option that I said on there was uh, the three options he gave was uh, Atlanta, Chargers, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got two good corners, I feel like. I don't know if they would need him, per se. And again, Jalen Ramsey. And Richard Sherman on the same team. Yeah, and the, well, the other corner on the other side of Ramsey right now is AJ Abouye, and he's really he's a as far as like a one on one corner, he's really really good. That's what I mean. It's like I don't know if they necessarily need him. Any team that signs him is gonna be taking a chance on him, you know. And so I don't know. Look, he's as far as his athletic ability, his size, his length, he's still got all the makings. He's twenty nine. He just tweeted out all those stats. At one time, he was the best corner in the league. There are other corners now who I think are probably better than he is, and he's got to come back from these Achilles injuries. But if any, if a team wants to take a chance on him, then, you know, good for you, I guess. Go make some money. And the Rams improved their defense getting a keep to lead. They did. So now they An already good defense. Right. That's Akeem Tlaib going back to play for Wade Davis again, who he played for in Denver, won the Super Bowl with in Denver. So now you've got Marcus Peters, who's a good cornerback. I don't know if he's he's a well he's a he's a known name. He's notorious. He's infamous, I guess, is the way that you'd say in the league. Not necessarily for his play, but for his antics, throwing flags into the stands, coming back on the field with no socks. Yeah, you know, just being dumb. I mean, like that's not really necessarily the kind of thing that you want to be known for. And so I'm not sure if he's a big name player in terms of play. I think Akeem Talib is. Um, and look, the Rams already had a good defense. The defense had some tough games last year, and they had a tough job playing Atlanta in the first round of the playoffs. So they, they had some playoff experience with the, with Talib and with Marcus Peters, and you know, I think they're going to be in contention for the Super Bowl next year. I really do. I don't see any reason why they won't be. They're a good team, young quarterback, young head coach, one of the best defensive head co- or, uh, defensive coordinators, defensive minds in the game, and Wade Davis on the team. They traded away Alec Ogletree, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Traded him to the Giants for a draft pick, I believe. And so, um, But I think the Rams will be there next year. I do. And uh, side note, I do believe that the Rams play the Raiders this year. Hashtag Michael Crabtree. Hashtag chain game. <laughs> I hope that does happen. I, dude, I would love to see him. I just, I just say their schedule. It looks like there's no dates, but they're scheduled. Akeem Tlaib should try and do that once a game. Rip someone's necklace off. Because everyone, you know, there are a lot of players that wear them. He should, he, that should just be his thing. I think he kind of, well, at least with Crabtree. I don't know if he's done it to anybody else. What side else. are you on here? Are you on Tlaib's side? 
I, I, to me, it's such not a big deal. I mean, like, I don't know. For some reason, I'm on Crabtree's. If somebody snatches that necklace off your neck, I'd, be, I'd lose it. Obviously, if you do it on purpose, that's one thing. But I mean, it's like, you know, you and I have played flag you football, did. and you wear your shirt, and sometimes they're reaching for your flag, and they grab your shirt, and you rip but, your shirt. But, that's, on, that's an accident. Right, but if you don't want it to get ripped, then don't wear it. Yes, I. You know what I mean. So if he doesn't want his necklace to get broken, then hey, you know what? I'm going against Akeem Talib today. I'm probably not going to wear my necklace. But what if he's wearing a necklace that's like a cross? So oh, he's, you know, that's something that means something to him. It's getting snatched off. I'm like, well, again, I mean, look, if you don't want it to get damaged. <laughs> Don't wear it in the middle of a football game is what my advice to Michael Crabtree would be. But, I mean, look, obviously, that's a stupid thing to do. But I just don't think it was as big of a deal as everyone made it out to be. Yeah, of we course. seen that. Oh, yeah. Hate it, but we love it. Um, so, NFL stealing a lot of headlines today, which they must love that. They haven't even hit the draft yet. Haven't even started the new league year yet, and all this is happening. It's like the NBA free agency going on. Yeah. Everything, obviously, none of these things can come official until March 14th, which is the first day of the league year, but that's, you know, in less than a week. That's on Monday, I believe. So, not on Monday. That's on Wednesday. So, Browns making moves. Browns fans got to be pleased with that. If I was a Browns fan, I'd be pleased that they're just not sitting back and doing nothing. Letting them continue. You went 0 16 and you just try and keep going, I, that would make me so frustrated. So, happy for Browns fans today. Uh, what's left of them. Okay. Um, this is an NBA. We'll do NBA talk really quick. Um, the biggest thing, I guess, that happened this week was, I believe, yesterday, certain NBA sources. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> the biggest thing that happened this week had to do with LeBron James. Not, and it didn't even have anything to do with what's actually happening on the court. It had, no, had nothing to do with that, actually. LeBron's four teams, options, team options for free agency next year. Cleveland, staying in Cleveland, Philadelphia, Houston, and L.A. I'm really sour towards LeBron. I really, really am because he, like... And then he comes out and says that I haven't come up with this list. Where did this come from? That's what I mean. These come from somewhere. Yes. Like... The, the Bleacher Report, ESPN, these sources don't just make this up. Right. Sometimes I would say, like, you know, maybe they exaggerate things, but these they don't just, like, make these things up. They really, really don't. I mean, like, you can get sued for just making stuff up. ESPN might get sued over this whole Sean Miller thing. Sean Miller, if he chose, could probably soon have a decent case for defamation. And so they don't just make stuff up. I mean, this is coming from somewhere. You know what I mean? It's like every coach, especially this happens in college football all the time, when a coach is coaching a team and then he's rumored to have signed with a new team, you know, or been agreed to a contract with a new team. And then when a reporter asks him about it, he's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what any of that is. You know, I just focus on the team. And then a week later, they're announced as the new head coach, so-and-so. You know, that happens all the time. Yeah. So LeBron's like, I have no idea what this is. Yes, you do. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. But if somebody, pro- if, if it leaked... And they start asking you about that, though, when you're coming towards the end of the season. You can't really acknowledge it and talk about it, you know. you got to keep it under Right. Course. So, I mean, what do you expect me to say? But, yes, we all know that this is kind of a legit list. Um, I feel like there's a couple teams that are missing out of this, like San Antonio, maybe. Or Utah. Or the Jazz. Like, freaking idiot. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a couple teams like that that are missing. Um, but from this list... Uh, I don't know. I've talked to a lot of people that, that think Philadelphia is where he's going. I completely disagree. My, I said this from the beginning, that next year, because I don't think Houston's winning it this year. 
the, the Warriors the Warriors will knock them off, I believe. And his best option for A winning a championship and B still enhancing his legacy is going to be the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are a great team and he would add a a big part of that. Like imagine replacing him and having Trevor Ariza come off the bench to back up LeBron instead of, you know, whoever it is that's on that team. Like the Rockets have done have done really well up to this point and I think that is the best option he gets to play with his boy Chris Paul. They could go after any other free agents that they want. And he said he wanted to play with Chris Paul. Yeah, he did. Um, he could pull kind of a little Kevin Durant here. A team that the Warriors lose, joins them, and they win. And I think the Rockets would be that team. I think if he goes and joins Philadelphia, if he goes and joins the Lakers, barring obviously they're going to be making more moves, um, he's, he's going to stay with Cleveland. He's not going to win. The only other option really is you join one of these teams and you bring superstars to you. But as far as joining the best existing team that gives him the best option to win is Houston. It would be really hard to dispute that. Um, let me ask you this. This is something that, as you were talking, this is a question that just popped into my mind. How much does it, if at all, damage LeBron's legacy to have played for three different teams? Not that he got traded, but that by his own volition, by his own will, he just wanted to play for three different teams. And honestly, it almost feels like four. Yeah, it really, yeah. Cleveland's, he left. It was Cleveland, yeah. Miami, Cleveland, and that kind of feels like two different, it feels like four. Yeah. I think to me, it kind of does tarnish his legacy. I think I agree like with that. Jumping around to win all these championships. Yeah. If he would have stayed in Cleveland his entire career, how many rings does LeBron James have? Maybe one or two, I would two, say. Two max, Yeah. I think. He had to hop over to Miami, he had to hop back to Cleveland. Well, he didn't have to, but he, he did. That one in Cleveland is his most impressive title by far. But he won those those two in Miami, um, you know, with Bosch and Wade. Jump back over to Cleveland. If he jumps back to Houston, and they win one, it's it's like okay, you played for three t- different teams. Feels like four, and you got four, five rings, maybe, maybe. You still mm-hmm. have the Warriors. Could have, you could still end at three, and you're comparing him to people like Michael Jordan. It's like. Michael Jordan won six with the Bulls. I agree with you, but I can't give you reasons why. You know what I mean? Like, it feels that way. Yeah, I just can't like tell you this is why this is this is why I feel this way. It just feels like the way that he's gone about. It's like he's. It's like he's someone who keeps getting divorced and getting remarried. You know what I mean? It's like I get that you want to be married, and it's, I'm happy for you, but obviously there's something wrong there. You know what I mean? And instead of just getting married and being faithful. The whole time. I, I res- this is the thing. Growing up, I hated the Spurs. Hated them. Probably because they swept us every year. They'd win all the regular season games against us. They'd beat us in the playoffs. Hated the Spurs. But looking back, I have so much respect for Tim Duncan. He won, what, five titles? Won five titles five in the titles Spurs the in San Antonio. That small market. is very impressive. Whereas jumping around all these different teams to win titles is just... Here's what I would say. The first time LeBron left Cleveland, I didn't I couldn't blame him. He wasn't he I mean, he made the finals, but that was one of the worst teams that ever made the finals, I think, in the history of the game. Swept, right? They got swept by the Spurs. Spurs yeah. Really shouldn't have even been there. They just could not acquire players 
this was really in an era when you know super, this was, super teams really didn't exist. I mean, he played against the, the the Celtics, I suppose, was the first super team. But you had a Ray Allen who was past his prime. Paul Pierce was getting old, and KG obviously was getting old. Obviously, he had some prime years there, but um, they just really weren't able to get good players to play with him. And so I don't really blame him. You know, you want to go play out there? I, you know, fine, go ahead. Won a couple titles. I do blame him for leaving again. I know he wanted to come back to Cleveland. He wanted to come back and win a title for Cleveland. The circumstances surrounding him leaving, that they had just gotten swept by the Spurs in the finals, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I quit. You know, I'm going back to Cleveland, whatever, leaving this behind. And should he leave Cleveland again, it would feel that same. It would feel the same way. You know, and I don't want to hear from from uh, LeBron apologists that he hasn't had a, a good teams here. Every move that's happened is because he wanted it to happen. From the second he walked back in the, in the doors in Cleveland, he wanted Kevin Love. They got him Kevin Love. I do feel, though, I mean, in, in what I, I completely agree with you, but I do feel like in some cases in the NBA, timing is a big thing. Like, it's, it's kind of a, a very prevalent thing. Like, the timing in which LeBron James, who's playing at a, a peak part of his career, just so happens to see the Golden State Warriors on and the team that they are on the other side of that that bracket is it's almost disheartening. I feel kind of bad for him because in other situations and other times in the NBA, he'd be winning championships. I think about when the Pistons won one a few years ago with Chauncey Billups and that. I feel like LeBron's teams could have gotten a couple against you know teams. Like, who did the Pistons play? They played the Lakers. Yeah. I feel like there were teams when like LeBron James could have taken his team and won those titles. And so now it just feels a little disheartening for him that he's playing against that type of competition. Yeah, I would agree with because that. Because that, even, you, you can't, it's hard for us to compare, but like, there's championship teams that have won that have been a lot worse than LeBron's teams. Most definitely. I would, yeah. But I do agree with you in the sense that you, you keep leaving teams, going back and forth to different teams, and leaving Cleveland twice... Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. This might be controversial. This might be the most controversial thing I've ever said on this show. And I've said a few. I made some terrible picks. This might be the most controversial thing I've ever said. If LeBron goes to Houston, I will be pulling like crazy for the Golden State Warriors. Really? Yes. You know why? Let me explain to you why. No player in the league, in the entire league, has rubbed me the wrong way over the last two seasons than Chris Paul. He has been such a little prick the last two seasons. So annoying and frustrating. He's just a little little baby running around out there. He's like a chubby little baby running around out there. And I cannot stand him. I used to be kind of like indifferent towards him, kind of like ambivalent, you know, whatever. You know, he's a good player. He's one of the best point guards in the league, whatever else. He is... Pissed me off so much. Okay, so he was on the Clippers last year, obviously, and they played the Jazz in the first round. And worst, yes, shove Gobert, yeah, yeah. He's so annoying. He's so annoying. His oh, attitude. With the way he was with the reporters. The way he was with the reporters. He called all the jazz. He like insulted all the jazz fans or whatever else, and then tried to he tried to walk it back and whatever else. And the way that like he and Blake Griffin and Doc Rivers just. I mean, everyone. Every, <laughs> everyone complains in the NBA. Like when you don't get a call, everyone everyone complains. But they are like a new level. Chris Paul is a whole new level of. In his opinion, he never fouled a single person. 
You know what I mean? Everyone to a degree is like that, but I feel like he is worse. So much worse. And I have learned to kind of take this joy in the fact that he's ever played in the conference championship. So because I just I've learned I've just come to despise him so heavily. Since he's been a member of the Houston Rockets, what has he done? Well, the fact that he like okay. Because I was first of all, I watched. I I have always hated Chris Paul. It was D Will versus Chris Paul. We're always D Will guys until D Will pulled the dumbest move in the history of the NBA. But. Chris Paul left to go to Houston, and when I watched this documentary on him, on all of the reasons why and how he was feeling and going through that process, I almost felt a little sorry for him. When he was on the Clippers, that team had no chemistry. They didn't want to do anything together. He was he felt like something was missing, and he and you could tell and you could see it. And so for that aspect, I'm glad he got out there and is now on a team that is at least enjoyable for him to play for. You know what? Okay. I, you know that how oh, freak uh, that gif there's that really popular gif that goes around it's when he was still playing for the Clippers but he like he was trying to draw a foul on someone DeMarcus Cousins I believe it was he was like running down the court he goes and gets in front of him and flops yeah. back you know what I'm talking about um, uh, every time I've watched the Rockets he's done some BS like that right and I mean, just his general his though. general attitude irks me like it makes me so angry I don't know why like when I watch him play when I watch his attitude and his demeanor on the floor I can't stand it is he one of your most hated players in the if I were to make a list of my we did this once upon a time we made our five most hated players we did our five best our five favorite and our five least favorite he'd probably be in there he really would I, I feel that strongly against him like I just so do you hate the Rockets right now I, look, I don't like James Harden very much either. I hate the way he plays. I'm back. I, you know, I, I used to love James Harden. Yeah. Then I went through a phase where I'm sick and tired of watching him get every call in the world. Now you're coming back around? No, I'm not coming back around on the fouls and all that stuff, but the way he plays the game, he is, he is great. Like, his ability to... Like, if you look at his size, you, he shouldn't be able he's to... He's what, 6'4"? Well, even with like, he looks a little chubby. He shouldn't yeah, be able thick. to do what he's doing. And I don't like his his defense. If he can step up his defense, I just have a lot of respect for him on the offensive end. He's 6'5". Okay. He does a lot. He's he's a really great creator. So, but I see what you're saying. But then there's Draymond Green on the Warriors. So you pick. <laughs> That's what I mean. I was like. I just can't. I don't know who. I, it's like picking. It's you know, pick your poisons. Choosing between two very large evils, but. If LeBron James played for the Rockets and they played in a series, I the only re- like I've been pulling for LeBron the last couple of years because I couldn't stand what the Warriors did because I couldn't stand KD basically. But if he does, if you pull something like this, if LeBron pulls something like this, I'll be pulling like crazy so for the Warriors. What should LeBron James do in your opinion? I don't, I don't know. Like, I've thought about this Why a million times. Well, You're I, I see the appeal of going to Philly. They're too young. But I think that the, the fact that they're young is, in a sense, good. It would energize him. I mean, I mean, he's having the best season of his career probably when he's – it's his 15th year. And so I don't know how much more energy he needs. But I think he would remain rejuvenated, basically. And but the problem with going to Philadelphia is that you're going to have to go through a playoff learning – Exactly. Like growing, uh, what am I looking for? Growing pains. You want to be the veteran on the team, like Joe Johnson was to the Jazz, or do you want to 
come in and make a difference to a team that's already ready to go. Well, I mean, look, wherever he plays, he's going to walk in and be the alpha. No matter, that's just how he like. That's just what it is. Well, he's no, the best player on the planet. Work in Houston. James Harden is definitely the alpha right now. Well, look, I, I'll be the first to admit that I didn't think what they got going on right now would work with Chris Paul. Yeah, I didn't no think way. that would work. And you have the best record in the league. I think the Warriors will snatch that spot from him. But um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I was LeBron. I mean, like, part of me, I, I would like to say, yeah, just stay. But I don't see, you know, certainly not with the squad that he has right now. They're not going to win anything. They might not even win the East. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like if, with the squad as presently constituted, he's not going to win anything. Um, I don't know. For the same reasons that I wouldn't, that you would not go to Philadelphia, you would also not go to L.A. unless they added something well, else. It's uh, an option to go to L.A. Yeah, and especially with the way the Thunder have been sputtering, that seems like a real possibility still. But the Thunder 7th? Yeah, I can see Paul George headed out. Could see Carmelo. Is, is Carmelo on a one-year deal? What well, he was traded for. Right. Because um, Melo and LeBron could both make their way over to Houston and all those guys can play together except for D-Wade. He'd be stuck in Miami. <laughs> they all want to play with each other. They all know it. Yeah, they could. I think I do believe that Carmelo will be a free agent at the end Carmelo's of this year. poison. As my dad refers to him, he's a cancer to the team. <laughs> Which might be true. Anyway. I don't know. Um, interesting stuff there. Interesting to think about what LeBron could end up doing, obviously releasing his Final Four. And we mentioned the Rockets, obviously playing in the Western Conference. The West is just log-jammed like crazy from three down. Everybody from the third to like the 10th best team in the East, or in the West, excuse me, everyone has a chance to be the third seed still, basically. I mean, there's obviously a huge drop-off after the Warriors, Rockets, Warriors, and there's like a there's like an 11 game difference. Um, but everybody from three down to ten is vying for anybody can end up anywhere. You know what I mean? The Jazz, who are currently tied for eighth, who were dead to rights a month ago, could very well yeah, have home court advantage when it's all said and done in the playoffs. I think it's a real possibility. Thunder not looking good. Spurs. Why are the Spurs even good? They're not. Right they now. could. I really, honestly feel like they might miss the playoffs. So you got Portland is twelve and a half games back at the three seed, and then sixteen and a half games back at the ten seed. So it's a four game difference. New Orleans, San Antonio, Minnesota, Thunder at seven. That's what I mean. The Thunder is sputtering. New Orleans is on a what, like an eleven. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So the Spurs, T Wolves, Thunder are all sputtering. The Pelicans just lost Anthony Davis for a couple games at least, probably. Games. Um, yeah. The fact that Portland's a three seed, curse you, Gordon Hayward. We'd be a three seed right now. Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Derek and I. Side note. Sidebar. Derek and I are playing against each other in the fantasy basketball playoffs right now. And it's been a it's been a battle of epic proportions. So we started the we started the week. Derek has Anthony Davis, who for the last week and a half has been on another level. Fifty seven points, seventeen rebounds, he scored hundred and eleven fantasy points one day. Um, I would get us I would get like a little bit of a lead and then once Anthony Davis would play, I would just be down by fifty. And Derek took like a, a hundred and fifty point lead, and then I came back and took like a hundred and twenty something point lead. And now so Derek is back in the lead now. And yesterday, I'm pumped because I heard Anthony Davis turned his ankle. He's not going to play. He's not playing today. He might not play on Sunday. And I'm pumped. I'm like, okay, without Anthony Davis, he's dead. 
dead to rights. I got this. And then yesterday, the best player on my team, Steph Curry, also turns his ankle, and he's not playing the next two games either. And so now I'm straight butthurt, and I'm losing by 60. I'm by 70. 71. A couple days left. Yeah, ends on Sunday. We'll have to keep we'll keep you up today. We'll let you know on Monday what happened here, but I'm so butthurt. Let's go. I'm so butthurt. Jazz making the playoffs, Derek? Jazz making the playoffs, Bubba. So the Rockets obviously on this, what, like 18, 17-game winning streak. The Pelicans are on like an 11-game winning streak. But other than those two, there is no team in the league hotter than the Jazz. I think the teams that are going to miss out on the playoffs is going to, I think, Denver and the Clippers. Those two teams. So you think the Jazz will be the eight seed? No, not necessarily. I'm rooting. I'm pulling for a six. Well, if we could play Portland, we're, we're moving on, I think. We're you think we'd be Portland in a seven-game series? Team. Portland's hot right now, but in a seven-game series, I think the Jazz beat the Blitz. The main reason that Portland's been hot right now is because Damian Lillard, who's also on my fantasy team, has been playing on a different level as well. I mean, he's just been knocking down everything. Mm-hmm. He's been playing extremely well. With 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 uh, Oklahoma City and Minnesota and San Antonio are all two games ahead of Utah. The Jazz have the easiest schedule by far of any of those teams. It's a very likely possibility that Jazz could end anywhere from, in my opinion, the five to the eight. I don't think they're going to steal the four or the three. That's too much in that amount of games. People are going to go on massive losing streaks to start getting up to the four and three. But five to eight is a very realistic possibility. And as long as you avoid Houston or Golden State, if you end up in the sixth seed, I think you have a good chance of moving on to the next round. Whether it's Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, Minnesota, OKC. Yeah. I think, win a seven, I, think, I think the Jazz win a seven-game series against any of those teams that you just listed, yes. even and San Antonio. Exactly, and I think the, we're 3-0 against San Antonio this year. I think the Clippers and the Nuggets get left out this year. Yeah, I mean... The Nuggets just lost to the Mavericks, and they lost, and then they lost to the Cavs the following night. And now the Cavs play the Clippers tonight. So, so yeah. we're all of a sudden are huge Cavs fans. Yeah, let's go. Um, Jazz could find themselves in sole possession of eighth place by the, the end of the weekend. Yeah. And we were, I mean, we're on a road trip right now, but we played the Pacers, who are a playoff team. We beat them by 20. 20. And we're playing the Grizzlies tonight, who are trying to lose. So that should be fine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think the Jazz probably find their way in there, which is ultimately a success. Quinn Snyder should win coach of the year. He really, really – I mean <laughs> – He really should. He, he – I, I think it's got to be down to he or Nate McMillan. Mike, Mark D'Antonio is probably going to win it. No, he Mark D'Antonio. How does he – I don't know. How does he say his last name? D'Antonio. Yeah, he's probably going to win it. He, Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on. We're getting confused with the head coach at Michigan State. What his name? He is Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. And Mike. then we've got Mike D'Antoni. D'Antoni. <laughs> that was confusing. I was like, his name's not Mark. No, it's got. I think it's it's got to be Quinn Snyder. So let's go. If we get in the playoffs, yeah. If Jazz get in the playoffs, it's Quinn Snyder. Let's go. He's gonna make the playoffs. And his leading scorer is going to be a rookie. And if he wins a first round matchup too, if you got to avoid, you got to get at least the six. You got to get to the six. Yeah. And you're playing either. If you get to the six, you're playing either Portland or New Orleans as of right now. Yeah. 
This has been the Sports Room, the sports show that actually talks about sports. Thank you so much for joining and listening to us today. Download our podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to it. Leave us a rating or review if you'd like. Um, you can find us on YouTube. Just search our name. Follow us on Twitter, at underscore the sports room. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us. Just email us at the sportsroomtalkshow at gmail.com. I haven't checked that email in a long time because we never get anything. So if you, get, if you email us something, we will respond. We will respond. Um, we'll be back here again on Monday. Hopefully, Biggin will be back. I told him he could take as long as he wanted. You know, that's a tough thing. So, hopefully, we'll have him back on Monday, and we'll get his take, his view on everything that's happening. R.I.P. Tottenham in the Champions League. Blue. Oh, yes. Dude, uh, that was... Jazz, please redeem us and get us to the playoffs. This weekend, tomorrow morning at 5.30 a.m., Mount Standard Time, Liverpool, Man United. That's the most watched soccer game in the world. Wow. Crazy, I know. More than El Clasico. Anyway, see you guys on Monday.